Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting and equip you to confidently parent your children. I'm Susan Stutzman, your host, and today we're going to be talking about home life and video game hygiene. And to help me do that is the one and only Carly Shrimple. Wow. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Carly. Today we're going to talk together from a personal and professional lens on how to cultivate good hygiene with the kids in your care. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So first of all, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a licensed clinical social worker. I've been in the field for 10 years now, Mm. and I have worked specifically with children and families um, the entire time of my career. And video games and screens have been something that I'm really passionate about to help parents and children navigate like what is healthy for the screen world. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's a really tricky topic because mm-hmm. I I, you know, just the past 10 years things have changed so drastically. Oh, absolutely. Practices, um the norm, what children are exposed to, when children get devices. Yeah, things like that. The limits, right? And and even in the past 2 years um with the onset of COVID-19 virus Mm -hmm. and the even more increased screen time because, hey, we don't have in-person play dates. So let's have a screen play date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that the last two years definitely has been um, way much harder to navigate as parents. And a lot of parents that I work with feel like guilty about, I did not set screen limits. And now that um, the lockdowns are lifted and people are feeling more comfortable. Mass mandates are being, you know, lifted as well. They're having a hard time navigating what screen hygiene looks like now. Yeah. And can we reel it back in? Can we change the rules at home? You know, and and there's a lot too uh, to navigate with relational dynamics because children have seen this as the norm. Mm-hmm. Schools, a lot of school has transitioned to being more on screen, even if you're in the school setting. Oh yeah, being um, you know coming home, doing homework on a tablet, again interacting with friends. I know even just like you know this is tangential, but like on our block. You know, at times uh, there will be kids outside and then sometimes it's like a beautiful day and it's like, where's everybody? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) they can't all be in the backyard. playing video games. Yeah. Well, I'm so delighted you're here that you have this experience, um, this wealth of knowledge for us to just have a discussion about this. Um, And so let's jump into the topic. Sweet. Okay. So we're going to talk about best practices because obviously this is... Just as a reminder, the topics discussed on this podcast and the resources that we're going to share should always be considered a matter of personal opinion. They don't reflect professional advice. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not there with you. Um, And if you or your child need mental health counseling or support, please seek out a licensed counselor. With that being said, here's some of our fun best practices. So let's talk about, first of all, video game hygiene. What, mm-hmm. How would you define that? I know 
Yes. I it's think loaded. Like, <laughs> using the word hygiene is also something that people normally associate with like cleanliness of their body. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to use hygiene as more of a preventative way to prevent any type of unhealthy behavior. Okay. Um, and particularly video games, like in excess, like anything can cause a lot of harm can cause harm for, you know, increased anxiety, like poor regulation skills, because what I've been seeing is the more that people use video games is more of a way to like cope or to wind down, even though check out, even even though there's there's no winding down Mm -hmm. going on when you have, when you are in front of a screen, Mm -hmm. your brain is, you know, firing all of these connections and reduce them and like releasing like cortisol, adrenaline, all of these different things. So it's not necessarily helpful as a way to wind down. Um, Have you seen, yeah, so like, I want to keep talking about the hygiene, but um, I've seen this and I'm curious if you have um, a lack of or underdevelopment in um, gross motor skills. Oh, absolutely. Because kids are sitting Mm -hmm. so much. There's constricted behavior. There's not as much rough and tumble play or Mm -hmm. using of certain muscles. And so then when they go to utilize um, certain muscles or muscle groups, it can be, it can be trickier. Yes. No, I'm definitely seeing that. Thank you for putting that into words. (laughs) I was like, wait a second. That's yeah. so beautiful how you how you were able to articulate that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've well, I think it's just part of that something that I've been seeing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like even um, you know something that children, um, you know that that you wouldn't necessarily be looking for on the outset, but you're like, oh, mm-hmm. like they're not able to like lift themselves up that way. Right. Or like, yeah, yeah they're a little bit more like hunched over. Or they're not as quick to, for their reflexes either. Mm-hmm. When yeah. something is like thrown at them unexpectedly or something falls, it's like mm-hmm. not, they're not able to like compute that information. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, it, you know, and I, I'm not saying I err on the side that um, things in moderation mm-hmm. can be fine. Oh, And, absolutely. you know, video games often, I mean, video games are even used. I um, I know in my graduate program, my advisor, he had had a... Um, he had had a medical issue in his brain and one of the ways that they helped him in reviving um, some of those connections was Mm -hmm. actually to play video games because it actually helps with mental capacity. Mm -hmm. So there are benefits, but for sure the hygiene aspect, getting back to hygiene is that is knowing like what is good practice and what Mm -hmm. are good preventative measures. Like if I was, if I was teaching good teeth hygiene, right. I would tell my children, I do tell my children, let's brush our teeth in the morning, you know, and it's not just that, that, that done, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, how do you, you know, you talk about it, you do it with them, you right. teach them how to floss, you teach right. them how to, you know, to um, gargle your either salt water or, you know, your breath freshener act, whatever that is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's more of um I think the whole idea of video game hygiene. So I think even when I speak to kids and families about it, I'm more of a boundary queen. So they're like, oh, well, Miss Carly's anti-video game. And that's not necessarily the case. It's more of I am anti-excess video games because 
I'm, you know, dealing with integration of making a whole human Mm -hmm. or a whole healthy, rounded individual. And I feel like there can be a lot of tension with video games and relationships because it's really hard for kids to stop. Yeah. And so I think that that's a lot of questions or that's a lot of the questions that I get from parents is how do you get them to get off the screen? Because when they are on a screen, they're not, their brain and their body are not really connected with each other. Mm -hmm. And so when a parent is saying like, Hey, five more minutes, like even using transition words. And then they're like, okay, it's time to stop. They are still entranced in this stream in this virtual world of, well, I can't stop because, you know, I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of this, you know, round or. Yeah. And I just want to name too. I mean, I think that's super important that you highlighted that um, with cultivating best practices, um, just like anything, you're going to see resistance. You're going to see tantrums. You're going to see frustration. You're going to see pushback, if you will. Like my kids, you know, sometimes they don't want to brush their teeth. Right. You know, it's, but the tricky thing with this and transitioning out of it, so a mental thing versus something that you're doing with your body. Right. Is that you haven't been using your body. This is, again, this is my personal opinion, but like that you haven't been using your body. Mm-hmm. So instead of like being mad at brushing really hard and spitting because with anger, mm-hmm. they're like all of a sudden, if you take something away, they're, they haven't been using their body. So you see like, Oh my goodness, flailing or kicking or like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Where if you're, they're outside and you say it's time to come in or five more minutes, there might be stomping into inside or screaming, but you're kind of, you're, you, their body and their brain are not as disconnected. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. I think you were able to name like why this transition from screen to, you know, reality is way more difficult. Yeah. And so transitions are always hard. We Mm -hmm. know this as uh, parents and as um, caregivers and as people that work with children. So, um, you know, Miss Boundary Queen, (laughs) how how would you define um, good ways to set boundaries or what are some of your go-to best practices? My go-to best practices is figuring out like the time limit for each child. Um, so typically there's like a range that research likes to show and that's two hours of screen time is like healthy. Um, when I tell that to parents at first, they give me the, <gasps> are you kidding me? Well, two reaction? hours for t- what age group, I guess. Well, it's just like a more of like a general number. So that's like just generally like two hours of screens is like a sweet spot. And so like, like you're talking about computers, phone, games, Netflix, everything. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that's like typical for like, um, what I'm not going to ask you if you keep that. (laughs) Well, well, yeah. So I think that's like, I think that that's really hard. So like I explain because I do set screen limits for myself on social media. So Mm -hmm. like my screen limit is 15 minutes. And when my teenagers hear that, they're like, okay, Miss Carly, like, do you live under a rock? But that's at the same time, like, that's what works for me. Mm -hmm. So like, I understand that 
this is why it's like, you know, a conversation. Everyone is different, like figuring out what the sweet spot is. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, helping them understand like where they're at with their body, how they regulate and things like that. Um, so you can figure out what your magic number is. Yeah. So I, I tend to like have a conversation with both parents and, and child or teen about like what is realistic. So that is kind of like the first step. The second step is figuring out like how and who is in charge of the screen limits. So it can be a way, like if you're a teen, it can be a way for them to like have accountability. Um, and then the parents are able to see like based on certain devices, like iPhones, there's specific apps for, you know, Androids and Google that parents can use as well to determine like how much a person is on like a specific screen within their plan. Um, and then being able to shut it off. So that is kind of like a, like a conversation and a figuring out of what's the magic number. So you're talking about children that can reason or you can have these conversations with, mm -hmm. but what about, um, let's, Let's talk about younger like kids. younger kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. because I know that children five, sometimes even younger, right. are playing uh, video games or are on screens. Right. And I think, too, it's really important to mention, like, during the week, what is appropriate for them and then during the weekends, what's appropriate, because there's also that social element that's going on in the video game world. Mm -hmm. So it's like very, really difficult and really hard or like FaceTime and all of these different things. So I like to explain like what is okay, what's not okay. And as far as like social connections, that's not something that I tend to put limits on as much as the video games and the things on the phone, like the iPad, those specific games. Um, so there are specific times of the day that also can be more beneficial for the younger ones and less beneficial. So like in the morning, it's not necessarily a good thing to do to put a five-year-old in front of a screen because their brain is, you know, just waking up mm -hmm. and there's like way too much stimulation for them to be able to compute. Um, and in the evening as well, right. it's not a good time to put a child like right before bed, right? That's, Anyone, you know, but <laughs> right. But more specifically, if we're giving towards the like the younger mm -hmm. um, kid kiddos, that's definitely something to have a conversation about. I think there's a lot of modeling too that goes on with mm -hmm. the younger kiddos, like five ish, five to even eight, of like how to have a conversation about like I'm putting my my screen down mm -hmm. or my screen away or a phone or anything like that. Um, I talk to parents about screen-free zones. Mm -hmm. So like in the dining room, that's a screen-free zone. Like there's no iPads, there's no phones, even with parents um, as like a general value house rule. So that they, that way they're being modeled and it's not necessarily, well, I want to be on this screen because, you know, Timmy is on the screen too. Um, so you can kind of get like less of a, less pushback because it's, it's integrated and it's part of the routine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard. I will just name, you know, as a parent with multiple children, having older kids who have gotten to a level where they're mm -hmm. at a place where they may have some freedoms that my younger child, I wouldn't necessarily want 
to have if they were the first. And mm-hmm. so, but they see or they have their, you know, they're part of the family. And so there's this, well, she doesn't or he doesn't, you know, so why can't I? This fairness, this equality aspect. And, and totally. also, you know, it's not one size fits all, Mm-mm. but there are, um, I feel like with best practices and boundaries, it's really important that you and whoever you're co-parenting with have a talk. And even if you're not on the same exact page mm-hmm. around this, that you don't that you don't undermine the other parent mm-hmm. in any way, um, but that you you talk you if if you're having a different difference of opinion that you go and you have collaborative conversations or contend with each other about why you think something might be helpful or harmful or or limits and then as you're setting up boundaries you're you don't you're not feeling like you're fighting two people right you know like this system and then this system the you know parenting system and then the and you know of two adults and then the parenting of adult versus child. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be really hard with boundaries to to be the only one that feels like they're enforcing mm-hmm. it. And so having, you know, team meetings or I like what you said with older kids um naming, hey, you know, this is we're going to agree upon this or having not not necessarily natural consequences but having um specific specific consequences, consequences for, you know, for um, violating the mm-hmm. agreement. Right. Because I think that with Generation Z and Generation Alpha, they have never had a world where they haven't had this. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're more attuned with technology, like more than their parents. And so they're able to figure out ways around it. And oftentimes parents say, well, they're, they totally manipulated. They go in around this. And I'm like, well, that's because it's like a need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it can be a need for them because that's their connection to social mm-hmm. world. That's their connection to maybe even self-regulation because mm-hmm. it is a tool. It is a way of self-regulating or checking out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, necessarily the healthiest tool right and so being able to and that's like in conjunction with therapy and having a conversation about like what is healthy what is not healthy and having those those boundary discussions yeah often that it's not just video games that have boundaries yeah like this is more of a generalized concept for overall hygiene overall health Yes, yes, overall health. I think I think it's that is really important that you went back to that. You're stitching back to what we're talking about, right? Um, <laughs> this overall hygiene and overall health. Right. But I I do think that, you know, video games in particular can be a real sore point. Oh, absolutely. For parents, especially because um, you know, the like you were saying, Generation Z and Generation Alpha, like they're growing up mm-hmm. with not knowing that the absence of having communication all of the time, mm-hmm. like instant access, a Rolodex of anything that they want, right? Like the, you know, like a term, I'm just going to search that up. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, like even when I was a kid, not that long ago, I am old, <laughs> but I'm not that old. You know, we still looked at, I mean, there were computers, but we still mostly 
I mean, my parents had a whole set of Encyclopedia Britannica, right. you know like, what I mean? Like, yeah, and even and that's like something. It wasn't like everything's changing, like no. Wikipedia, like the history's changing, or right. you know, the information live, real time. Yep. And so I think that there's also you know a phenomenon of like we have an abundance of this. And it's like, well, what do you do with the abundance if you don't know, like, which direction to go? Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have clear guidelines, if you don't have clear boundaries, you can get lost. And that's where I think it's really important to figure out, like, what the healthy number is, what the healthy way is. Yeah, because, and and if you think about hygiene, right, like, even food hygiene, like, we don't, do we, you know, teach our children to clear their plate? Or do we leave it, do they leave it on the table and just expect somebody else to do it? Mm -hmm. Do they leave crumbs on the floor? Do they, you know, or are they just allowed to open the snack cabinet at any time that they want? Or Mm -hmm. are there clear boundaries? And yes, sometimes they violate them. And that's learning and growing. And we Mm -hmm. have consequences. But like, you know, it's it's not as simple. These consequences aren't as simple. I just want to name that um, as, you know, oh, you ate two pieces of candy before dinner. Well, then, you know, we're having no dessert tonight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So right. it's like, so these conversations are being had and done like naturally, like in parenting. Mm-hmm. And I just think that because, you know, screens are such a integrated part of our world, we're having a hard time being able to figure out what those boundaries are. And so that's where it's just figuring out what works best for your body and brain and family too. Mm-hmm. As well as taking trusted trusted studies that are coming out, but they're mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's lagging because obviously the um, media and um, video games and all of these, all of these social aspects mm-hmm. or screen aspects haven't been around long mm-hmm. enough to do long studies. But I will say, you know, I think it's important to address sneaky kids and mm-hmm. kids that try and work their the system right. or like, you know, they say their iPad's off and then, you know, a parent might wake up at two in the morning and they know, see their kids on it, right? Playing mm-hmm. games or, um, you know, like I'll just, you know, throw my husband under the bus when he was a kid. They had a, like a, a box uh, with like the amount of time you could use TV and, and we have these on apps now, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, on, on our devices of like, this is how much time you're allowed and it'll stop or, you know, it'll alert you. Right. And he like figured out the parent's password, <laughs> you know, and he put 99 hours for every week, mm-hmm. you know, and then the parents are like, huh, what's going on? It right. seems like you're watching a lot of TV and, and children do that now. Right. And it's not new, you know, right. but no, he was very new. smart. He's still right. very smart. Yeah. But, you and know. I think acknowledging that like mm-hmm. that, that's a really hard thing to do yeah. when someone violates a boundary, but that's like what, I mean, that's actually like a pretty awesome skill to have yeah. for someone to be able to figure out like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to figure out a way to get my needs met. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not necessarily a need, it could be, it's more of a want be like, I get that you really like this. This is something that you're doing. We had an agreement to it. And so now there's going to be a consequence for it. Mm-hmm. So whether that is, you know, no screen time for a day or, if it's, you know, reducing that screen limit and being able to check a little bit more diligently as a parent so that they can like earn it back. So I think that, you know, oftentimes children work best within being incentivized. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when they know that they can earn some more screen time, like whether it be like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, they have more of a 
a buy-in on, okay, like I'm not going to do that again because I'm going to earn it back. And I find that you have to find something of value. So like what's their carrot? You know, right. what's the carrot? It's like, it's like, is it that they get a little more screen time? Is it that they get, get a few more choice. more choice, maybe a few dollars to spend to buy a new skin or whatever mm-hmm. in their game? You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Again, it's that is, again, is an individual issue plan. and plan for for each family. Right. Because, again, this we don't know your kid's age. They're, you know, the limits in your house, your values, et cetera. But I think I want to highlight the one thing that you said about acknowledging it Mm -hmm. as a, as a skill. Mm -hmm. And then also when you do say, Hey, wow, you were able to figure this out. Mm -hmm. How smart are you? (laughs) That's a really great skill. It seems like you are looking for more interaction or more time with friends. Your consequence is going to be that you're going to lose screen time, but, and this is what I like to do as a parent, is when I when I give them a consequence or I tell them they're ending something, anytime we're doing, we're moving to transition, right. is to tell them what we're going to do or what's going to happen next. So instead of just being like, you lost it, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's like, no! You know, yeah, that's what they're focusing on. Right. It's like, like, so, so your consequence is you get to help me make dinner every Mm -hmm. night. Right. And I like to think about doing something with Mm -hmm. the, um, with the child, um, for at least part of their consequence, because they really do need connection. They right. really do want interaction. And it and it's going to look very different than the interaction that they thought they, mm-hmm. you know, were going to have. But it still is a consequence, but it doesn't punish you as much right. as and the I like, caregiver. I like the idea of doing something with two because it helps repair the relationship because mm-hmm. it's still like, even though really smart that they were able to figure it out it is a rupture in trust with the parent and the child of, mm-hmm. i mean they did sneak around so i think doing something with can be a way to repair and get connected yeah no easy answer here <laughs> yeah. okay i do want to ask you though um a question that is i think really important to consider okay um and we'll, then we'll and we'll end with this but we can connect with our kids using video games mm-hmm. and knowing about them and mm-hmm. so i think it's really important that any parent or caregiver actually play the game that their child is playing at least some or no just like you most um most times I would recommend read the book before your kid reads it, mm-hmm. you know, just so you know what your kid is reading. Um, I do. And, and again, all parenting styles are different, but I like to kind of know what younger, especially younger children are going to be experiencing or going to be doing prior to letting them um, experience it so that we can talk about it and talk about strategies and ways that we can um, work to to answer or Mm -hmm. problem solve anything before it might happen. And again, we can't always do that, but I find that it can be a really helpful parenting tool to help resource children. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. How do you 
encourage that or propose um, that parents can use video games and that knowledge to connect with them and oh, to help totally. this hygiene process. Yeah, I I really love that. I love how you're able to kind of like dovetail, like having the parents be with and having them experience what the video game is like or whatever the game is like. I think that's great. And it just dawned on me when you were saying that, like, what a great transition time that would be of like, okay, like five more minutes, I'm going to play around with you before we get off. Yeah. And so there is like already this like, nice insert of mm -hmm. transition time. Um, but I am going to ask you, answer your question. I was just more like, wow. Because <laughs> that's not that's always so, an option because, you know, right, like somebody's not, like, right. it's not always an might option. Might be, you know, and making you have dinner to be really cognizant and yeah. really aware and really intentional yeah. about parenting. And that's where I think sometimes it can feel a lot more exhausting. But, you know, like what's more exhausting, being more intentional or having like a tantrum like every five seconds. So that outweighs it. I think that, Repeat the question again, because <laughs> now, now I'm like, wait, what am I answering? <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so how would you, what are some best practices or how would you propose using video games yes. and that and parents' knowledge of the game to connect with their kids? Right. I mean, you can make imaginary worlds with the video games. You can make it into a real life sim um, where you can play like Fortnite or you can play Minecraft or Animal Crossings like with them. That can be something that you can do or just like have like conversations about like I played this game yesterday and this is what happened or this is what I was like into a roadblock or I created this world I can't wait to show you later when we have our screen time or when mm -hmm. we have our video game time like during the, these hours so it's not that it's completely gone mm -hmm. it's more of I'm going to talk to you about it and I'm going to experience video game world with you in a three-dimensional way yeah no, I think, I think that's great. Awesome. So there's lots of ways to develop video game hygiene mm -hmm. in home life. We don't have all the answers, but yes. I think this was a really great start, yes. a really great conversation. Cause I think that, um, a lot of times it's important just to keep having these conversations because, totally. cause the screens, video games, our usage of these tools are not going away. Nope. Um, but it's important that we are thinking about this because it's important as we raise the next generation mm -hmm. to um, provide them with good practice, just like you wouldn't want your child never to brush their teeth. Right. Right. Or brush their hair or wash their body mm -hmm. or learn how to read, you know, like those types of things. Okay. I have a few questions for you. Okay. Speaking of screen time, sure. Um, are you accepting new clients at this time at Kid Matters? I am actually not. You're accepting. not. I know. I, this is a leading question. Tell <laughs> us what you're doing for the next six months, Carly. Oh, are you yeah. playing video games for the next <laughs> six months? No, I'm doing quite the opposite. I am actually going to be through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, and I embark on this journey April 1st. And I will be returning October 3rd. Nice. Well, I wish you all of the best on this hike. I know you Thank won't you. have much internet. In fact, you're only going to have a satellite phone for emergencies, <laughs> which is, um, it's, it's going to be great to hear when you come <laughs> back. But when you do come back, um, tell us uh, where you'll be. Well, I'll be here at Kid Matters Counseling in Hinsdale. And I'll be accepting new clients then. 
Cool. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Susan. To talk about this. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you have questions that you would like answered by either myself or Carly, um, please send them to us at this address, podcast at kidmatterscounseling.com. And if you have found this conversation useful, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and join me again next time for the Parent Matters podcast. And remember, don't parent alone.